Weencast, a ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey, what's up? This is Shane. And this is Rory. And this is Weencast. What is up? We welcome you to a new episode. Hey, pasa, amigos. So we are here to talk about another one of the shows from back in the day in the Quebec era. Yeah, dude. 20 and a half years ago. Yeah. We're, we're talking over 20 years at this point. So the date that we're going to go to is 8-9-2003. Heck yeah. Penn's, Penn's Landing, Landing. Festival Pier. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A lot of peas. Yeah, man. This show cooks, but... Before we get to that, just a couple of uh, couple of things in the uh, in the present. So this is the first show of the new year, and we want to say, hey, welcome, and also hit us up on Patreon. We have a um, fairly new episode from the end of last year where we talk about a Crescent Moon show, Crescent Moon, Chris Hartford, and Bill and Fred at uh, Dharma Bums in Point Pleasant, PA, which is just outside of New Hope that I was lucky enough to get to. So we have a little exclusive Patreon episode about that really fun night and just a cool story. Yeah, dude. So hit us up on Patreon for that. And there's also a ton of other cool stuff over on Patreon. So uh, if you haven't hit us up on there already, please come over and join us. A lot of fun stuff. Yeah, dude. Patreon has this new feature that everyone should know about. It's called Collections. And I love it because... I've been thinking about this since we started our Patreon. It allows you to organize. It allows us to organize our content by topic. And so it's pretty cool because you like click on, for example, Claude Coleman, because we have a few episodes and an interview with Claude. And we have an episode about Mandla and et cetera, et cetera. So you can go to collections and you can say, oh, I want to hear all the stuff they have about Claude. And you click on Claude, and then it brings up a list of all the episodes and all the things that we've done that have to do with Claude. That's cool, man. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome because it also, when I set it up, I, it made me realize, man, we have a lot of content. Yeah. You know? And so this is what, episode 59 for the regular podcast. But on Patreon, I think we have 12 full-length exclusive episodes. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got 10 Ween Vinyl episodes for your vinyl series, mm-hmm. which is, I think that's the best thing on Patreon, to be honest, for our stuff. Thanks. I think it's awesome. And then also just all the other exclusive like tracks and uh, videos that we have from various shows and interviews and different things. So anyway, Happy New Year and check that out because, because you're awesome and we're awesome and you deserve... <laughs> You deserve to learn about Ween and to enjoy hearing people talk about Ween. Yeah. <laughs> and we are just a few days away from some more new shows being announced. So we talked about the show that we bought tickets to in Philadelphia, but there's been some other new shows announced for uh, the spring. Heck yeah. Including where, Rory? Oh, dude, we were just talking about this. Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I got my tickets on front. I got my tickets yesterday. Cool, man. So that's April, I want to say April 27th. It's a Saturday. 
they're they're doing a little week long kind of a little spring week long tour, a little mini tour. And also they I think I saw some tour dates for later in the year too uh elsewhere. Yeah, I didn't I didn't count them but but yeah, there's a uh, it looks like, you know, kind of like down in in your neck of the woods and then also some more like west coast dates. Yeah, dude, I know yeah, there's some more in North Carolina and some other places mm-hmm. in, across the south. But dude, it's great cuz you know, so since the reunion era, I've basically been making journeys up to the Philly area for shows because mm-hmm. they just haven't played since the reunion started, they just haven't played shows down here. I, I think there was there was a show down in Charlottesville near the beginning of the reunion. And it was like literally on like the day I had to go to a wedding. Ouch. So like it was just like the worst possible outcome. No, it was the day before <laughs> the wedding or something. It was like I just couldn't do it because I was the wedding was in Georgia. And ironically, the Sunday that we were coming back from Georgia... Atlanta. They were playing in Atlanta the day we were flying out of Atlanta. Oh, that's tough. I know. And had I, it, yeah, it just, we were so close yet so far away. It just, man, it's been getting rough having to do these long drives for every single show I want to go see, which I'm not bitching. It's all good. But like, but it was awesome when I was, it was just like, dude, throw me a bone. Give me a show down somewhere down here. And then so Richmond is an hour, about an hour for me. So I'm excited well, I'll go, for that. I'll I'll go on record as to say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any guarantees, but I'm really gonna try to come down for that. Oh, dude! So I will try. Well, man. Well, well that's we'll awesome. See. I actually got two tickets, but Amy's planning to come with me, so you'll have to get your own. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I'll be able to get you know a ticket or whatever. You know, I'm not worried about that part of it. But yeah, you know, yeah. No, I, we'll it, see. It seemed like, I mean, it's a it's an outdoor venue, and I I feel like yeah, there won't be any problem getting tickets. I sometimes beginning the tickets early actually backfires because you end up paying a lot more for it. Yeah. You know, depending on the pre-sale and stuff. I was just hearing people on Facebook talk about getting, spending like hundreds of dollars on tickets virtually. And it's kind of like, it's a bummer if you just wait until the, and if you like wait till the day of the show, I guess you're not like guaranteed a a ticket because you're like showing up hoping to get one. But you know, there's almost always 99% of the time you're going to get a ticket and then it's going to be like, face value or less because people just want to get rid of it yeah dude ticket buying tickets has just gotten worse and worse and worse i hate it but well these tickets weren't bad yeah no 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 pretty standard i don't remember exactly what it was but standard kind of price if you got them hey it's all good you know what i mean you can't you can't stress out anymore about anything other than that yeah so but anyway i'm excited about that and i only got a couple months to figure all that out but right it's a saturday so and I love it. I'll just drive down quick. No no worries, no hurries, as they say. That's cool, man. So yeah, man. And hey, I'd lo- you know, everyone, I, you know, it's awesome getting, every time we announce the shows, it's just great to get, see everyone gets excited. Uh-huh. You know, on the Facebook groups and, and sort of like, oh, I got to get our tickets. You know, it's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. It's just cool to see new dates pop up. Yeah. So we're going back to the Quebec era again. Yeah, dude, we're, we're hot and heavy in 2003. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of the, one of the biggest years for us and for Ween in general. Oh, yeah. So we have a lot to talk about. When we're done today, we'll have more with 2003 for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this is literally just a, a few days after uh, Quebec came out. So this is August 9th. Quebec comes out on August 5th. 
of 2003. Yeah. And I had just gone to see them in Columbus uh, on the 1st of August, the week prior. So I saw him in, in Columbus. And uh, we also went to see him. You and I and other people went to see him in Pittsburgh the week before that. This is the last show of this tour. Yes, that's true, too. So right after this, so this is 8-9, August 9th. And then they would play the uh, Carson Daly show on yes. September 3rd mm-hmm. in New York City, which Rory was fortunate enough to make it to that as well. You can listen to that story on Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, so they do, um, this finishes up the, uh, what I guess would call the Quebec tour, because Quebec comes out and uh, during this tour. And then, and this is just, ultimately, just a couple weeks. And then, they, like you said, they take almost a month off. They do the Rockefeller Center. They do Carson Daly Show. And then they proceed on what I guess I will call the Live in Chicago tour. Right. Because then they do a little fall tour mm-hmm. and it includes the uh three shows at the Vic Theater for that are used for the live in Chicago DVD and then shortly after that they do a I think it's the second to last overseas tour that they ever have done I think they do one more after this wow for La Cucaracha but anyway so it's pretty amazing because we are already like deep in the thick of this year in far as shows because they had a spring, a short spring tour. They have the summer Quebec tour. They got the fall live in Chicago tour, and then they go overseas. Mm-hmm. They do a total of, uh, I want to say, seventy-three, according to Brown Base, seventy-three shows this year, which is the second most for any year all time, I believe. Wow, they are deep in it. Yeah, man. Like, the Brown has come to town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In two thousand three. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our memories um, from, you know, getting there and the pre-show and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if this is summer of 2003, I would have been living in, I'm pretty sure living in Fleetwood. But we had a couple of buddies who actually lived in Philadelphia at the time. Yes. So I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how you and I hooked up, Rory, but I think maybe you came out and like maybe stayed with me the night before and then we went down and stayed with them. So we had gone to their apartment in Philadelphia earlier in the day and we're hanging out with them and then we kind of went from there. This is right around when I moved into a cabin. So Amy and I lived a year, about a year at a cabin in central PA, like 45 minutes west of State College. I don't really remember how I got down I, I, don't, I honestly don't know, but we went, ended up going to Mark and Chris's apartment in Philly. Right, 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 right. I'm guessing, however I got down there, I met you and Oli, and then we went to Philly together. That's probably how it went down, yeah. But I do remember one little story about we had got to their apartment in Philadelphia, and you had checked in with Chris, and where was this at? So they lived at corner 23rd and Pine, which is sort of like near Rittenhouse Square, but also like Graduate Hospital, kind of between Rittenhouse Square, like as you're heading a little bit south on your way to like South Street. Okay. A nice little, a nice area. A nice yeah, spot. yeah, yeah. I remember it being a cool, uh, like a cool little apartment, but, but here's, the, here's the part that I do remember. So there was like a little like living room, and I think there might have been two bedrooms, and you know, we're hanging out in the living room, and 
me saying like, well, let's put on some fucking ween. So the stereo was back in one of the bedrooms and they're like, oh, go ahead. Like, you know, the stereo is back there. So either I had brought CDs with me or, or one of those guys had the CD of white pepper. So it's like, oh, jam out some white pepper while we're, you know, getting ready to, to, to leave and, you know, hanging out. So I remember putting in white pepper and uh, adjusting the volume and the volume just kept going up as I was turning the knob, even though I was trying to turn it down like, oh, OK, that's loud enough. Every time I would turn it at all up or down, it would just go up. So I remember it being like really fucking loud. But I'm like, okay, well, maybe they just crank this up all the time and, you know, it's supposed to be this loud in this apartment. I don't know. Like, you know. So I went back out to the living room and I think they were like cool about it for like a minute or two. And then they're like, yo, that's like really loud. And I'm like, it wouldn't go down. And they're like, oh, yeah, you need to use the remote. So like one of the one of them like went back, like found the remote and like turned it down to like a reasonable volume and then came back out to the living room. And we're basically like telling explaining to us like we've never had the music that loud in this apartment before. Like it's never <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, but I didn't know. And I was trying to turn it down and it just didn't happen. You know, like, I didn't know there was a remote, like, where to find such a thing. Like, I just thought, all right, fuck it. Like, I'll give it a go. Like, if it's that loud. You know, it's almost like a scene from Spinal Tap. (laughs) Like. Yeah, this goes to 11. The the volume only goes up. Yeah. (laughs) You can't. It doesn't turn down. It only goes. <laughs> but they were cool about it. They laughed about it, and they're like, "They're like, hey, come on!" And it was like the middle of the day. It wasn't like it was like getting to be evening or anything like that. And they're like, "We're allowed to rock out every once in a while here, right? Come on, you know." <laughs> so- <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> just a quick mention. I think our buddy K Dog was on this trip, and then you just mentioned your brother Craig. Yeah. So I think my brother Craig had gone with maybe another friend or two, and was on like a different trip than us, which that's happened a, a couple of times. We've talked about that. So I think he was there at the show, like when we got there. Yeah. And well, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but I think Chris and Mark had arranged for us to take like a limo or like a town car from there to, to Penn's Landing. So I don't know like whose idea that was or whatever, or if we just like threw that together on the spot and we're like, oh, let's just call and see if they can, if they can do it for us or whatever. But it took like all of us from their apartment to the venue. I remember that. I, first off, that's definitely a Mark and Chris move. Like that's totally how they like ball like Philly. It's like, <laughs> oh, we're going somewhere. We're just going to call it the limo service. So this is a place in Philly where, the subway's not readily available at that spot. Okay. And a bus wouldn't necessarily connect you directly to like Festival Pier. Okay. So I think they were just like, dude, limo service. Booyah. Okay. All right. So now we're kind of putting the pieces together here. All right. But yeah, now somebody must have had a cell phone because I also remember that we were like getting there or... Something like I kind of remember being like on the phone, like in the um, or maybe it was before we left. But I remember sort of like connecting with Craig and him asking me, well, what shirt are you going to wear? What shirt are you wearing? 
And, you know, of all the things to remember, I was like, dude, I'm wearing my barking pumpkin shirt. So shout out to all the Zappa heads out there. That was that was Frank Zappa's company and like record label in the uh, in the 80s was Barking Pumpkin Records. Thank you. And he was like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, it's got a big pumpkin on it. It's Barking Pumpkin. Right. And I think there might have been like one guy at the Ween show who was like, oh, cool, Zappa. You know, it's like, oh, that was worth it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. But I think we had sort of like hooked up with him pretty quickly, like after we got there. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about the venue for a second or two. Yeah, man. So the venue's Festival Pier, uh, which is like Spring Garden, around Spring Garden, on the river in Philly. Mm-hmm. And Festival Pier actually, back then, the stage was by the water. And the band looks out and sees the city. Right. And the people watching it, you know, behind the venue, behind the stage would be like the river and then Camden across the river. Right. At some point, I don't know when. And it's also a huge outdoor venue. It's like a giant festival pier. It's a whole pier area and it's huge. So, I mean, it's like multi-thousand people could be there and like it's designed for like big festivals and big, big uh, shows. And then at some point, I don't know when, at some point they flipped it around Mm -hmm. and then put the stage on the city side so the fans would have the city as the backdrop right? and the river behind them. right? Because that's how it was in 2016 for Festival Pier. Mm -hmm. But I remember it being really cool and a nice like open venue. And I do sort of remember it being like a little bit on the rainy side, which they mentioned during the show. And I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I think maybe it did rain during the night, like during the show itself for at least a little bit. So I think there might've been like storms on and off, but I I also think that at some point during the show, it was raining. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that any of the band members bring it up, but I don't, I, I don't think it was too long. But I sort of remember it being like, ah, shit, it's raining. But it kind of like came and went. So should we jam out this set list? Yeah, man. Is your cutting board dried out, ugly, and lacking luster? Do your tables have too many water rings to count and need a fix? Are your kitchen utensils old and damaged? Maybe you just want to add a little bit of natural wood beauty to your home. Whatever it is, you can count on West Brandywine Woodworks to provide for you. We make high-quality, custom hardwood items for your home. From cutting boards to shelving, West Brandywine Woodworks has you covered. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Mention Weencast when you order for 21% off. So give us a like and a follow, and don't forget to mention Weencast for 21% off your order. West Brandywine Woodworks. Custom simplicity for your home. Hey, this is Shane from Weencast. Don't forget to join us on Patreon for our ongoing series, Shane's Ween Vinyl. I discuss all of the Ween and side project related pieces from my record collection, including albums, singles, compilations, and more. I talk about how I acquired them for my collection, fun facts about the record labels and production credits, and of course, which pressings I have and how they sound. So head on over to Patreon.com and search Weencast to keep that brown spinning round at 33 
or 45. Thanks. All right, so it starts off with a uh, little acoustic mini set to begin the night, which is amazing. So it's Birthday Boy, Chocolate Town, Mutilated Lips, Tried and True, and Joppa Road. And then it's the regular set. Buckingham Green, The Stallion Part 3, Happy Colored Marbles, The Grobe, Take Me Away, Waving My Dick in the Wind, Puerto Rican Power, Voodoo Lady, Riders on the Storm, Spring Theme, Bananas and Blow, Exactly Where I'm At, Roses Are Free, Big Jim, Reggae Junkie Jew, Zoloft, Ocean Man, You Fucked Up, Papa Zit, Going Gets Tough from the Get-Go, I'll Be Your Johnny on the Spot, Buenos Tardes Amigos, and then for the encore, Touch My Tutor, Dr. Rock, and If You Could Save Yourself, You'd Save Us All. Yeah, man. You know, at first glance, the set list itself might not jump out at you as like, whoa, this is an amazing set list. But it actually is a really good set list. Dude, it's 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 amazing man yeah dude there are first off a a few really rare tunes and just to kind of you know go through that quick like joppa road riders on the storm and if you could save yourself are all like very rare and then you also have things like chocolate town tried and true spring theme are all pretty uncommon jerry junkie jew is pretty uncommon you know, deceptively uncommon, actually, because I feel like people might think that song is played more often than it is, but it's really not. It's about 117 times total. So like about 10% of shows has Reggae Junkie Jew. Papa Zit's pretty uncommon. Go and get tough from the get-go. So those are like the uncommons and rares. It's a right. good mix, man. Dude, it's a it's a great, it's a great mix. It's a great mix. And as long as we're talking about the overall set list, I think... Uh, without even looking at brown bass, I was thinking about this, you know, just listening to this show and going over the set list. I was like, man, is there any other songs from Pure Guava that like are not on this night? You know, all of like those sort of like oddball bangers mm-hmm. from Pure Guava. Now, I guess they didn't do Push the Little Daisies, but, you know, everyone knows that's sort of like a separate thing. You know, but I mean, just just look at this. I mean, you're talking Reggae Junkie Jew is the one that jumps out at me, you know, right away. But going get stuff from the get go, touch my tutor, big Jim, um, stallion part three, obviously, even though that's a little bit more common. You know, yeah. it just it it has all of them. You know, I think you'd be happy to get any one of those or two of those in just a regular show. Well, the amazing thing is, as far as by album, Pure Guava has six songs, and it's the most represented album yeah. at the show, yeah, which is man. pretty interesting, because I don't remember off the top of my head another show that we went to that had, that had Pure Guava as the most represented album. Mm-hmm. And then Quebec comes next, which you know makes sense. It's Quebec tour, and it's, the album was just released a couple days earlier. Right. Well, yeah, Quebec 5, Mollusk 5, Chocolate and Cheese 5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good mix. So you got six, five, 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 and then three white pepper, 
three Godween Satan. There's only one from the pod, but from back in those days, I mean, that's pretty common. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dr. Rock, maybe you'd get pork roll, egg, and cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say, I think the only thing that I would that I would say this set list doesn't have, as far as the brown shit, would be Frank. Mm-hmm. From stuff from, like, back in that time period that they would bust out a lot. And also other things that kind of, if we're talking just generally, Quebec is obviously well represented. Mm-hmm. But what I love about this is it's got, you know, Zoloft, which at this point is, like, pretty common. They mm-hmm. played it, like, almost every show since, like, the year before. Right. And then also Happy Colored Marbles is pretty common. But the other ones they do from chocolate from uh, Quebec are not. Like Chocolate Town, Tried and True, and If You Could Save Yourself. If You Could Save Yourself is, this is only the 12th time it was ever played, 23 total. And I was tell, telling you before we started, like, it's only been played twice since, the, since 2003. It's only been played twice. And it was like more recently during the reunion. Right. Era. So that is so cool that that song was really just played in 02 and 03. And then they stopped playing it live. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. And Chocolate Town, this is the seventh time that was ever played. Tried and True, this is the sixth time it was ever played. Because mm-hmm. this, is, this is like they're, la- they're bringing out the new stuff. But also what's really cool is those are done acoustically, right? Right. And so you have that's a whole nother layer to the show. Well, let's get into the beginning of it and the little yeah uh, yeah so and the and the and the little acoustic mini set. So yeah, go ahead. The having an acoustic mini set is first off not a very common thing. To have it be the opening of a show is even more special. And then birthday boy, opening a show with birthday boy. This is only the seventeenth time birthday boy was used as an opener. Twelve times acoustic as an opener. So this is like total like rarities. I'm surprised it's even that many, but yeah, that's pretty uh, that's pretty rare. You know, of all the times that you know you could have those handful of songs that you know y- you could you could guess they're gonna you know start things off with Buckingham Green, you know whatever. You know, I'm surprised it's even that many, but that that's pretty rare. Now have it Birthday Boy open, you know, acoustic is really awesome. And then you know the other songs in the acoustic set. You know, I was breaking down all the acoustic set, uh, stats. Chocolate Town was only ever played acoustic 39 times, and this is the fifth time. Making time, making round, chocolate town. Mutilated Lips. This is the seventh time ever acoustic, 30 times total. 30 times out of 221 total times played, it's acoustic. Tried and true, this is only the second time this was ever played acoustic. That's crazy, dude. And then Joppa Road, 22 times total acoustic, 31 total ever. Not only is Joppa Road like a super rare song, but it's even rarer as an acoustic tune. Yeah. And I mean, as far as like overall standouts for the whole show, for the acoustic set, you know, just to start off with, 
Hey, man, Joppa Road. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. You know, I mean, everything that they play uh, acoustic is is usually really sweet. None of these songs hmm. are an exception, but Joppa Road is, I mean, it's just so nice. Hearing Joppa Road, especially acoustic, is one of my favorite Ween songs. Yeah. And Diener on the guitar is just beautiful. And at the toward the end, Glenn kind of brings out the keys and it's just really mm-hmm. sweet. You know, it's it's interesting because then uh, Chocolate, we're talking about the acoustic set, Chocolate Town. Remember, this is all like new shit. So it's it's really interesting when they're laying out new songs, like the album just came out and it's obvious when Chocolate Town is playing that they don't, people in the audience don't really know the song because the audience gets like really quiet and people are just sort of like, you can hear them talking to each other and they're a little bit listless. You know, because because they don't really know the song and it's being done acoustically, so it's really chill. Right. And I, that's just neat to me because it's like, yeah, dude, it just came out. and Right, and this is a pretty big show. So, I mean, you're talking, there are definitely people who don't, you know, who don't know that stuff yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I mean, we knew it. I mean, you know, <laughs> of course we were already down with all that stuff. You know, come on. <laughs> Chocolate Town debuted uh, acoustic. Chocolate Town and Joppa Road and Mutilated Lips were all played at uh, The Conduit in 2002, uh, which is an f- amazing show that you went to. So you had seen those the year before acoustic, and then they play them again for this. No, it's so cool to have the new songs come out. And then Tried and True, they opened it the night before in Martha's Vineyard was the first time they ever played that acoustically. And so to have them play that, you know, it's just so cool. Like, you know, they're, they're not just like playing anything acoustic. Like these songs are meant to be acoustic and it's sort of a feature of the Quebec era. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do, they do a couple acoustic things here and there before O2, but it's really like them writing and developing the Quebec songs and like realizing that, yeah, these are acoustic, so let's do this. Let's start bringing acoustic set. Totally, man. And so it's really neat that that's part of the whole Quebec sound. Yeah. They do a shout-out for Andrew Weiss for Tried and True, which is nice. This is for Andrew, who produced Quebec. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, dude, so the acoustic set, you know, they open up with five songs acoustic, which is, you know, I think a few times they do more than that, but that's pretty typical, four or five songs. And then they bring it back. It's pretty cool because then they do Buckingham Green. And so it's kind of like starting the, the whole thing over again with this huge, raucous, you know, Buckingham Green. It's just always amazing. And Diener says something to the effect of after they're done with the acoustic set, then they're going to get out the whooping stick. Yeah. So that's them getting out the whooping stick. Buckingham Green. Yeah, totally. Like just getting brown and jamming. Diener is on fire for this entire show. 
Oh yeah. Musically, musically, this is a fantastic show. You know, it's something that it, during this reunion era, which I still call anything after 2016 to me is just that reunion era because they're not making new music. Right. And it's just all about the rarities. Like, oh, they did I Was Nothing. Oh, they did Cornbread Red, you know, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But you can't lose sight of the fact that like a show like this is just musically completely on point. I don't feel like they made, a, there's not a mistake in this show. Like D- Gina doesn't flub a lyric that, I'm a, that I can remember. There's nothing, there's not really, the musicians aren't making any mistakes. It's just like they are on fire. Yeah, absolutely, man. And during this Quebec era, dude, Club Lago was a great show. And you know what else, dude, I wanted to mention is we just did our contest in the fall. And it, this year, last year, it was um, best live ween show. And I got someone mentioned Beachcomber, which was like just a couple nights before this. So that to me re- also reinforces this notion that this right here, this time period, like this month, this like Quebec time, they are just like as good as they ever were. You know, right. like so for, for someone else to also point to a show from this time period and say, this was the best ween show I ever went to see. That's pretty cool. Right. So, uh, so Voodoo Lady, you're absolutely right, is, is, is amazing. I think that Deer might break a string. And it's kind of hard, like, you wouldn't necessarily notice it unless you're, like, really listening, but it was one of those things where it sort of, like, spurred my memory a little bit, because I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you can just barely hear there's, like, a little, like, boing, and then for just, like, a, a second or two, I'm pretty sure there's no guitar. And for Voodoo Lady, you can kind of notice that a little bit easier, because that's a song where there's just guitar through, like, the whole thing. I'm pretty sure that there's like a guitar tech who like took his his regular guitar, hands him like another one as like a fill in for him to play uh, the rest of the song and then restrings his uh, like a guitar. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. sort of like when I heard that that little piece, I I kind of remember talking to my brother about that and he was like oh look at that guy he's restringing the guitar and like look how fast he's able to do it he has like a little table that he just like put it up on the table and like you could see there's a light that he's able to like see what he's doing and it's like yeah and I was like oh man like I I remember that you know but you know there again like Diener is so on fire you'd barely even notice it and it's just it's it's just that quick Mm mm-hmm but yeah, it's on. It's an on fire fucking version of Voodoo Lady, even with that in it. Well, he opens it, the the intro. He opens right away with just like going right into like, yeah, threading the guitar. Yeah, man. Like, 
You know, it's interesting mentioning the breaking of the string because uh, by the end of Voodoo Lady, the, uh, the monitors, the sound on the stage, like they don't have any sound up there and like the monitors are off. Like something right. happens with right. the, uh, the electricity or something. I, I'm actually wondering, would switching up those guitars and like plugging in a different guitar into something like have shorted something out? I guess it's possible. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, I it was like, Voodoo Lady's not like short by any means, but I kind of noticed it was a little shorter than maybe it could have been. And I don't know if that was them like kind of wrapping it up because they didn't have the monitors. This ends up making like another like great moment in the show. Yeah. Because the, the monitors go down. And I think they originally had planned a little jam block. Voodoo Lady followed up with Spring Theme. Mm-hmm. Because right after Voodoo Lady, you know, Aaron comes out and he's just like, all right, our next song, Spring Theme. And then a, kind of a moment later, he's kind of like, or it's not spring theme. <laughs> yeah. And then, they're, and then they, they announced because he realizes he's like, oh, the monitors are out. Like, we're, yeah. we can't move on with our, our next song. Uh huh. Next thing you know, <laughs> Glenn just starts doing a little, like, you know, tickling the keys and a little, a little tinkling of the rain because yep. we're going to do a little Riders on the Storm, people. It was just awesome because Riders in the Storm, first off, it's an amazing door song. It's like one of the great classic rock tunes. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. And uh, it was not very long. It's just like a three minute song because they obviously were just sort of like filling in time, you know, and, th- and then in the middle of it, they were like, we got them, you know, like the monitors came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear them say like, oh, it's back. Like, okay, power's working again. But but I, there was a great moment in it where, uh, you know, Aaron because he's obviously it's a door song you know it's like riders on the storm and the one point he it's total like <laughs> he's totally like this jim morrison he's just like <laughs> that mystical poet jim morrison uh-huh. voice yeah it makes me think of the uh the freaking jimmy fallon reading rainbow oh yeah okay You know, the song impresses me as one, they don't, it's not like they rehearse this shit. It's a song that like sort of everyone knows. I think there's a couple of words in the, in the, um, in the verses that they do that Aaron's not quite sure what the, what the word is, but you know, he just goes, they may repeat it. They may repeat a couple lines. Yeah. He, he just, he just rolls with it. You know, he rolls. No, it's great. It's, it's fucking great. (laughs) And this is the twelfth, only the twelfth time ever, and the last time Riders in the Storm was ever played by Ween. Wow! So I think that's pretty fucking cool. I have to say, this was my number one memory of like this show. Just go, you know, before before we went back and started listening to it again. Like, if you would have said, like, "Oh yeah, Festival Pier," I would have been like, "Riders in the Storm." You know what I mean? That was the my number one takeaway from. From this totally. Night. But but yeah, it is, it, you know, it's just a fun little thing that they threw together because they're 
they're having problems with the monitors is ultimately what it was. Yeah, no, and I and I love that about this because it's just spontaneous. Right, right. You know, it's just right. like we got a few minutes. Let's just fuck around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the finale. It's Philadelphia. Uh, it's a great ween moment for sure. So yeah, dude, and I love it. And they just like kind of squeeze it in there, and then they go into spring theme next. Which, you know, it's a little short and, and it doesn't have like a long like intro. Like I noticed a lot of the songs in this show, they, they don't take like five minute intros for any of these songs. They kind of dive into every song. Mm-hmm. You know, spring theme, this one and another song later, uh, I want to say Zoloft, made me some of the jam, the, the, the jamming part of the song sort of made me think that they could totally use a little Andrew Weiss, Jimmy Wilson group, The Bubbles. <laughs> yeah yeah so so a little background really quick jimmy wilson group a little kind of ween side project thing that include you know it basically includes most or all the members of ween plus a few other people andrew weiss and uh, and they only do a handful of shows you actually were at one of them so that's awesome and and Andrew Weiss on the keyboards, as far as I can tell, all he does the whole show, and I, I'm making a joke of it. I'm sure he does more than this. It just hits a button that's just like like he did, like, and it's just like it's like bubbles. Yeah. And anyway, I, it's just funny. Like maybe this is an inside joke, and now I'm taking too much time to talk about it. But yeah, spring theme is fantastic, dude. Another rarity too, and that's another pure guava one. So yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, pardon yeah. me, I didn't come up with that when we were talking about it at the beginning, but. Yeah, that's another pure guava jam. Yeah, dude. Pure guava is well represented in this show, which is just kind of like out of the blue. It's weird. Yeah. But it's awesome because pure guava is a great, you know, it, these, these songs all remind us that pure guava is a fantastic album. Yeah, man. So yeah, dude, I mean, moving right along, something uh, exactly where I'm at, it's not especially notable, but the reason why I'm mentioning it is because it made me realize that the sound quality for this show is fantastic. And you can really hear the instruments. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the only thing I kind of noticed about the uh, the recording that I was listening to anyway, I'm assuming it's the same, you know, I, I, I don't know how many recordings of it there are, but I'm assuming it's the same one. Uh, I actually had it turned up in my uh, in my rec room for a change and just blaring it on my on my big speakers for... Uh, for a little bit, and um, it was a little sort of like breathy. So I'm imagining that that's from it being outside, and mm-hmm. you know, it was probably had like the microphones up on the sta- you know, like up on the stands, uh, standing like up over top of everyone's head in the crowd. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the you know traditional uh, microphone. So you know, it's probably just the wind coming through a little bit and just getting that. You know, it was a little bit on like the breathy side that you can mainly only hear like in between songs. But you're right; it's like everything is mixed very well. You can hear the you can hear the keyboard, 
you know, very well, which is sort of like the first thing that gets like drowned out a lot. Yeah. You know, so like great keys, you know, amazing guitar, you know, like we were talking about, you know, you can hear Aaron great. Every, you know, like the mix of everything is great. I mean, there's song, there's things about songs that I almost like forgot or like didn't realize. And so exactly where I'm at is a good example of that, where they, the chord yeah. progression at the beginning of the song, where it's kind of like, And he just sort of like plays like down these different notes. Mm-hmm. I obviously knew that was part of the song, but I never noticed it like that before, that it was so clear. Yeah, I noticed a couple of things throughout the show like that, too. I agree. Uh, now, I, I would say, uh, since talking about a little bit of critique on the quality, there were a couple moments early on in the recording that are like a little scratchy or something. At least I don't mm-hmm. I think it was the recording and not my my headset or something. But but uh, but overall, I just thought it was a great recording. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, dude. There's a funny little thing, uh, uh, just talking about the banter, like, in between the, the songs. After Roses Are Free, you hear Diener, somebody must yell out something to him, and he's like, oh, I was nothing? Oh, I forgot about that. So that's kind of funny, because now that's uh, one of the songs that they brought back over the last couple of years. Dude, Reggae Junkie Jew, this is one of the great oh my God. renditions of Reggae Junkie Jew. Yes. This might be the best one that, you know, I, I've ever heard. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The guitar, you know, uh, is just amazing. And it's kind of one of those jams. I think it's about eight minutes long. It's seven plus. Yeah, it's around there. Um, I think. And um, it just, it seems like one of those things that you you feel like it's going to end, but it just keeps going. Like, it, it you mm-hmm. know, you think he's going to start wrapping it up three or four times. But it just keeps on jamming. Like, Diener just keeps on, like, shredding through it. And obviously, the bass, do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, come on, man. Reggae Junkie yeah. too. I mean, that's just on fire. Uh, it's another one where Diener just starts right in to shredding yep. the guitar. Like, there's, yeah. not, there's no, like, slow intro. And uh, I want to say my memory, the Tralfamador Buffalo show back in 99. I'm taking it way back. That yep. is a really good reggae junkie Jew. Yeah. My memory of that is really that that's one of the great ones. And this one's got to be up there. Yeah. One of the things about this show is none of the songs are like 20 minutes long. They don't do any individual song that's like, you know, the longest the song ever was played, you know, kind of thing. But they have a whole bunch of songs that are just really well jammed out. I, I don't want to say compact because it's still like a seven minute long jam. No, I agree. I think the length on everything is is really spot on. Not not too long, you know what I mean? It's true. It's not, you know, but a good length. 
you know? They don't have anything that just gets lost in the space jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, not saying that's a, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Maybe like, Zoloft a little bit. Okay, but it's still not like 10 minutes long. It's still yeah, like yeah. seven minutes long. But that's yeah. just Zoloft for you. And that right, actually comes right, right. up next. So uh-huh. it's funny because after the banter, after Reggae Junkie Jew Diener's, it's like, it's a really weird, it's like, that was some, that was some really good time and shit. Yeah. And that by that, by good time and shit, I think he means like brown jam. And then he's like, here's another good time and little jam called Zoloft. <laughs> and Zoloft is a Quebec tune, of course. And it's funny because all the other Quebec tunes at this point at this show are all like pretty new. And like, like, oh man, second time ever played kind of thing, you know? At this point, Zoloft has already been played like 30 times. <laughs> and, and it only came out like the year before. But why I'm mentioning that is because we both combined actually then have gotten to see like a whole bunch of Zoloft early. Uh-huh. And I know that, I, and I know from the O2 versions and talking about some of the earlier ones that we saw, it evolves and improves from O2 at the Conduit until now like they work on the song and like the first few times they played it live it was a little bit like what and like they were it's like they weren't sure what they were doing with it and by now they've perfected it yeah so that's pretty cool it's pretty neat to like have gotten to listen to the evolution right very cool what else is there johnny on the spot oh man is basically like one long diener solo which it usually is, but I think in particular, like this version is just like they do the they do like the the, the verses like right at the beginning, you know, and then it's just like Diener for four minutes playing guitar. Yeah, he just shreds. Yeah, dude, there's this really weird moment, not weird, but like funny moment in the middle of it that I think is a little different where he's just, do, you know, because it's like very fast guitar. Right. But then he has this moment where he's just like. And like in the middle of it, it's almost like this interlude kind of thing. And then it goes back into like. It is. It is cool. I like it. It's cool. Something a little different, you know? Right, right, right. Well, and then Buenos Aires Amigo ends the main set, which is great. It's about 10 minute version. And there's nothing. I mean, I don't have anything specific to say, I guess. I was wondering. I don't have. We don't have a video of this. So I was I was trying to listen closely. I don't think it's Aaron doing the uh, well, a little solo, you know, like after the whole, you know, like the whole, like that part, there's, a, right. there, they do a, like a, they slow it down and it's more like a finger picking solo. And it's really good. It's yeah, really it's cool. It's great. Oh, yeah. it's really good. And it's really cool. It's really nice. So it's, yeah. a, it's a great rendition of Buenos Tardes also. But yeah, so that's the regular set, and they do a little encore. Uh, the main thing about the encore is if you could save yourself. That's really, that's one of the big highlights of this entire show.
but that's what they end the night with. It's about a seven minute if you could save yourself. Yeah, it's a little short because you got Touch My Tutor, Dr. Rock, and then If You Could Save Yourself. So I guess you could say that. I could have done a few more songs for the encore, but it is 30 songs overall, you know, when you break it all down. But yeah, if you could save yourself, you know, as we had mentioned, you know, sort of like after this, it would it would go away. You know, after the Quebec era, it was sort of lost there for a while. So we were kind of lucky to to see some of the shows where that was sort of the last song of the night or, you know, right around the last song of the night. Yeah, dude. And then after 03, it disappears until 2016, I believe. And then still only twice since the reunion. So it's not like they just like, oh, yeah, now we're going to play it a million times. Still super rare. But I love it. I, I, I you know, to, to me, there's such a difference between pre and post reunion in terms of their song choice and like the the kind of tenor of the shows. I think that I think that just makes this stand out. Look at this show from back in the day, right? And this is like the yeah. shit they were doing back then that right. they're not doing anymore. Mm-hmm. So the show is, I think, it comes out to right around two twenty nine, two and a half hours, basically. But then there's like a five minute break before the encore. So they play for about 225. So that's not like a super long show. That ends up being a pretty average show length. You know, that's something that I think we kind of talked about before where, or I may have mentioned how like people have this conception of like, oh, Ween plays three, four hour long shows. Eh, not usually. Right, right, right. You know, like we, we, we all have these memories, right? And, and sometimes our memories get bigger than reality. So two and a half hours is actually a pretty strong, pretty solid ween show. Oh yeah. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it long. But I wonder if there was a curfew or some kind of issue with not having a show go overly long on Probably. On, yeah. At Festival Pier. Right. And right, so I'm right. wondering if that feeds in a little bit to like because imagine if all these jam of the jam outs. Imagine a voodoo lady, spring theme. Reggae Junkie Jew, Zoloft, If You Could Save Yourself, Buenos Tars Amigo. Imagine if those six songs all were three minutes longer. Right. Then suddenly you got a two hour and 45, two hour and 50 minute long show. Yeah, right. It might, it might right? be hitting on three hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do... Uh, so there's Diener's Diary. Oh, yeah. We can talk about Diener's Diary. From Choco Dog. So back in those days, he would always do his, uh, his tour recap so do you want to read this then sure so this is diener what diener has to say about the show the final night of the tour all our friends and family were there and we actually didn't suck in front of our hometown crowd for a change at the very last second we decided to do our acoustic set to open the show actually we did an acoustic set at martha's vineyard vineyard as well this was a pretty solid set our friends the tin men opened the gig for us and it was a really satisfying night of music and hanging with friends. I was back in my bed by 4 a.m. and slept for about 16 hours. <laughs> I love it how it like makes it sound like getting to bed at 4 a.m. is like early. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's 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 cool also, like they decided last second to do the acoustic set. Yet another spontaneous moment for this show. Yeah. You know, so cool. So cool. I'll throw in one other memory uh, real quick here. So I'm pretty sure that we like walked after the after the show was over. We like walked to 
like some kind of like not nightclub or something like some kind of like uh bar and and club that was like two stories like down like on the other side of Penn's Landing or something and for whatever reason just being like sick the rest of the night and then we went back to uh we went back to the apartment and there was a cool uh like roof on the building that the apartment was in and there was a like, cool like rooftop access so like you guys went up and uh, were like hanging out on the roof for a little bit after the show, like that night, and I was just like, I gotta go to bed, and just crashing yeah. on the sofa, and I'm not sure that either Mark or Chris had told us, but there was another guy that lived with them at the time, and was like, sleeping on that sofa, so when I, I like, woke up in like the middle of the night, and there was just some stranger like, sleeping on the floor next to me, mm-hmm. and was just like, oh, whatever, and just went back to sleep, and then they told me like, in the morning, like, oh yeah, that was his like, sofa, because that that's where usually where he sleeps. So I took that guy's, I took that guy's couch, but I, I didn't, I didn't know at the time. I think I just slept on the floor, but yeah, they had a cool, they had access to the roof. So it was like sneaking up Philly style, you know, city style, like going up on the rooftop. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But yeah, man. So going, so getting back to the show, I mean, I have to, I have to admit, you know, I, I have the bootleg CDs of this show, but to be honest, I mean, I I may have listened to these like once, like back then. And, you know, that's what's so cool about doing this podcast is because we're going back and we're going through these shows. And I mean, this is just like an amazing surprise re-listen for me. I, and I think for, you know, for you too, like, I mean, this show is just, it, it just rocks. I mean, it's got so many things to it. And just that culmination, like, I remember in my mind going back to, like, Club Laga. Now, I also had a DVD of Club Laga, so, like, that sticks out in my head of, like, watching that DVD and being like, yeah, "Yeah, man, like, Club Laga, like, that was a fucking awesome show, like, blah, 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 blah. But this sort of got, like, lost to, like, the sands of time a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because there is, as far as we know, anyway, there, there is no video of this night, right? Even though I had the bootlegs, they just sort of got like forgotten about. And this is a fucking rocking show. I just think everything that's played, the acoustic set, I mean, everything is just so good. Great renditions. Riders on the Storm is thrown in there, which is, I mean, like I said, that was my main memory of the night. But so much more to it than that. Yeah. And all the new Quebec stuff, birthday boy to open it. I mean, it just goes like on and on and on. And the fact that they were bringing it back to Philadelphia after this, you know, summer run, you know, they probably were like, let's go out with a bang. You know, you had mentioned there for a a second or two, like, this is kind of like a peak moment. Yeah, dude. And what I would say is, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean this show by itself, although this right. show is fantastic. Listening to this show and then like thinking about Club Laga and like, you know, we had another fan say, oh, Beachcomber was a great mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Ween doesn't really get any better than they are at this time. Yeah, dude. They're never that innovative or that like challenging themselves to be better ever again. and. You also have, like, later in the fall, the live in Chicago, right? And we actually covered that way, we covered that way back in the day with our friend Mike, who was, who was at the Vic for one of those shows. Mm-hmm. And that is, is, like, again, one of those, like, 
peak moments of Ween, like, you know, everyone has their own opinions. So about what's best or not. But live in Chicago is that's such a well-produced, meticulous, immaculate musicianship. That it, 2003 is really like Ween doesn't get better than they are yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like no offense to anyone like, hey, hey, I'm sorry. This is the truth. No, and I mean it's it's tough because it's like there are still some more shows that we have to go over. You know what I mean? Between like 2004, 2005, 2006. You know, there there's other shows in there before uh before the breakup. And you know, everyone I think knows how the majority of us feel about friends and uh La Cucaracha. I think a lot of us have the same feelings. And like, look, I love both of those uh, records, you know, album and EP. But, you know, I, I I agree. You know, this this is sort of like everything going from the late 90s up until now was just up and up and up and up. You know, 99 and 2000 and 2001, they were bringing back so many of those Pure Guava songs and pod songs and and turning them into like shit they're breaking out on a night like this again mm-hmm. reggae junkie juice spring theme you know and they just kept adding like more and more and more and and doing fun things with them and doing cool shit with them the acoustic songs the quebec stuff i think it's pretty infamous among a lot of the fans caesar demos i mean look at how many songs that they went through to make quebec mm-hmm. It's just not that there isn't good stuff yet to come, but it's kind of true. Like this is sort of like a culmination moment in the whole like arc of the band. Yeah. And, you know, we've uh, talked about, you know, during the Claude accident era, it's like this rebirth of, of uh, the, the community mm-hmm. and all the different side projects and like so much innovation, so much fun and excitement around the music, so much just playing everything always like and then you know not to get too far ahead of ourselves it's not like it's just a clean trajectory from 03 through la cucaracha and then oh in 2011 they break up right there's there's a descent and you know we're gonna get to all this when we get to it but like aaron has a rehab stint the end of 04 and then like beginning of 05 there's like a brief ween hiatus 2004, they only play like 17 shows, right? They go from playing 73 shows in 03, and then in 2004, they play a little bit of shows in the spring, and then they they wait until October, and then they end up canceling like half that tour. Right. Or at least several shows. Yeah, there is supposed to be more, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so it's never really the same. You know, and then I'm looking at 05. They only play 12 shows in 05, you know? Wow. And then 06. And then now we're getting closer to uh, La Cucaracha, but that's only 25 shows. Mm-hmm. And then 07 is 43. La Cucaracha picks up a little bit. 43, 07, 36, 08. And, and, and that's the most they play in, until like just last year, I think. So yes, after 03, there is definitely a descent. And then heading into La Cucaracha, 
they're doing a lot of solo work. They're doing a lot of solo projects around this whole time. And so in those few years, there's probably almost as many of the solo projects on a side project shows as there are ween shows. Right. And so they're definitely like growing part. Mm -hmm. And then La Cucaracha, I always felt like is a little bit like listening to Let It Be for the Beatles in the sense that as La Cucaracha is a fine album. I, I, I honestly think it's near the bottom of the list if I rank them. But, um, but you can also almost tell like, you know, a line from Lord of the Rings, butter scraped over too much bread. Oh boy. It just seems like something's not quite there. And so anyway, so to go back to 03, like this really is like a peak pinnacle moment in Ween. And so we got to celebrate it. There's the Quebec album to talk about. There's Caesar demos to talk about. There's live in Chicago to talk about. There's so much. There's probably other things too that I'm not mentioning. All requests live. All request. Thank you. All requests live uh, was right before Club Laga, I believe. So mm-hmm. there's so much happening right now. But we don't want to. We don't want to end things on a down note. Listen to the. <laughs> Listen to this fucking show. You know. I mean. The other things to, to, to think about, you know, this is a new venue for Philadelphia. So even though it's like, you know, a hometown show or whatever, they're playing bigger places. Yes. You know, when you're when you look at Philly, they hadn't played Philly since uh, Electric Factory, am I right? Yeah, 2000 Electric Factory. Actually, in yeah, Philly. So- they had some shows right outside of Philly. but Right. So so that's a pretty significant jump in, in size. You know, uh, as far as Festival Pier goes... It's it's a it's a little bit of an anomaly because they wouldn't play there again until 2016, even though there's yeah. a couple of other Penn's Landing shows. But so it it's definitely a a unique show for for Philly too. Now this is a great show. Listen to it. It's on the archive and archive.org, and then the encore is available on YouTube. So that that's a video. It's pretty poor quality, but like, but it's still cool. It's out there. It's cool to see some of those those old like grainy um, uh, hmm. like early early digital camera videos that are that are on. There's a couple of those on YouTube, but if I have some spare time, maybe I'll see if I can upload this uh, in the actual tracks to YouTube because I do have it on my computer. So maybe I'll maybe I'll make some make some YouTube videos out of them because I don't think the audio is available on YouTube. At least not that I could find. No, it's not. Just just the encore videos. Yeah, it's like it's like Minecraft. They're like all pixelated. <laughs> but yeah, dude, people, immerse yourself in 2003. Check out this show. Check out Beachcomber. I don't I think it's available. Check out Club Laga. Check out anything you can check out from 03. Check it out and, and start with this show. And if I'm not mistaken, we have one more show that we had attended uh, in 2003 to, to hit you up with uh, again soon. And if we didn't know yeah. mention it, uh, maybe we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Oh, which show is it? And I will say that Shane goes to this, but I do not. <laughs> so it's one that, well, there's a couple this year that I got to that you didn't. Yes. So, true. Uh-huh. So, uh, so what's fair. It's good for the goose. Good for the gander. So even though this is the end of that, uh, of that little, uh, summer tour, there is one show left to talk about for 2003 that one of us had attended. So we're going to get to that next. 
So anyway, we want to hear what, what you have to say. If, if you were at this show or, you know, you have thoughts from 2003, hey man, throw out whatever. You know, leave us a comment on YouTube. Join the Patreon. You can say whatever you want on, uh, on the Patreon comments. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on uh, X, even though I haven't really done anything on there in a long time. But you can still leave us a leave us a quote-unquote tweet, I guess. I don't know what they could. Leave us an X. But, but yeah, man, hit us up. How about, how about take a few minutes and send us a fucking email? Weencastpodcast at gmail.com. You know? Maybe we'll read your email on the show on the next episode. Or if you're our one fan who actually like leaves comments on Spotify that I didn't notice for like months. Like I'll try, I'll tr- we'll try to be better to check on that sooner. You can leave comments on Spotify. Yeah, dude. There's one I, one I guy, even... I forget his name, but like there's one dude, like I saw a couple comments. I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's awesome that one guy leaves comments. That's great. I will try to, we'll try to keep up on that. So anyway, people, we love you. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Peace, yeah. everybody. Thanks. Peace.